you could say that the eggs were done. Stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its pilot episode, and discuss it, ignoring anything we might know about the future run of that show. This week we're going to be talking about Mad About You. Mad About You went 176 episodes over 8 seasons on NBC. Today we're talking about episode 1, which was called Romantic Improvisations, which originally aired September 23rd, 1992. But to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, the guys, Gordo, Joe, Nick, and Ferg. What's going on, everybody? Hey yo! Oh, hey yo! Don't toy with me, white boy. <laughs> so that the line was so out of, out of place, place line yeah. in the yeah. entire episode not to get into anything weird about the episode but they said that and i was like man that did not age well <laughs> but um before we even get into anything i wanted to bring up that so it's eight seasons but they only yeah. seven seven seasons <clears throat> in its original run the eighth season happened 20 years later in, and the uh, eighth like season was on like this unknown network. Uh, it didn't do well. That I mean, unsurprisingly, you're just gonna let things lie sometimes. Well, no, because I think like the Will and Grace reboot did pretty well. I I, I don't want to say reboot. I know, but I right? mean, how many reboots reboot. have there been? I mean, like soft reboot. I was gonna say it's so like it's the circumstances at which you present it. Mad about you came back, but there wasn't a lot of talk about it. There wasn't a lot of um promotion behind it that i remember i think yeah, if it was happened, on nbc but... it would have done better you know what it is? Yeah. it's the difference of it being on some random network or on netflix <laughs> right that's yeah. exactly it yeah okay so it's it's impact wrestling versus aew or it has wrestling. to be good too because if it's i mean well i can't say in full i know i haven't no, seen i watched that all of fuller house and that really <laughs> yeah but it's just a That's yeah fair. the situation you presented great. in but it's just kind of weird to think a show like mad about you as big as it was because even in the original run seven seasons but huge show to then go 20 years and and come back to little to no fanfare not much behind it we'll talk about them more later but the two main actors paul riser and helen hunt they didn't they both went on to have other stuff go on but in the last 10 years, not really. Not much has gone on with either of them. Probably Paul more Reiser, than, I was not so to bring, much. I was going to bring up the Paul Reiser thing because I don't know if anybody remembers it. I didn't know when to throw it in there. But do you remember for like a very short time, it was during the run of Parks and Rec towards the end, they gave Paul Reiser a show that was very much his version of Curb Your Enthusiasm where it was sort of like it's real life Paul Reiser. I do kind of remember that. Yeah, it only lasted like three episodes. We watched every episode. We're like, this is really funny, but it's really bad. And that just disappeared. Huh. So, like, I think they maybe NBC maybe got cold feet where they were like, I don't know, maybe Paul Reiser's not bringing people in the way he was in 1994 or whatever. But I thought it right was a good show. Right out of the gate, I was surprised to see how good this show looks for being. I don't know if it was remastered. Maybe we're watching a remastered version. I'm sure we are actually. 92, did I say? 1992. Yes, and I, for yeah. 1992. Yeah. I mean, you see some shows from, I mean, even a few years after that, and it's just like grainy and dark and doesn't look good. And I was, this I was like really good quality. I always find that fascinating. When you think about the way that these shows are 
recorded, like even the cameras they use, they're made to hold up. And it's on you film. go on some of these streaming sites, and it looks like they were recorded off, you know, a VCR, and then they just took those recordings and then loaded those to the streaming service instead of like the original mastered copies, which is always yeah. kind of weird. Prime example is um, not not to tip our cap, but uh, for our Thanksgiving episode, uh, that show is in the '90s as well, and it looks like dog shit. And that's I think the shows that are bigger, though, they pay the money to like put them in HD <laughs> for syndication and stuff, right? So right. maybe they pull the good version from syndication versus just, you know, what would have been on TV beforehand. Well, I'm sure a lot of money went into it, not to get in too wild of a tangent, but The Office has those supersized episodes now that they put on Peacock. In season one, they've completely remastered that to look like it's high HD, which was not how that was originally aired. That looks way better, yeah. Yeah, it season looked- one was ugly. Yeah, like, but if you watch speaking. those episodes now, it's it's almost bizarre to watch them because it that feels and looks yeah. so different. They can make the the they can remaster the shows. It's just a matter of if they want to put the investment. You know what comes yeah. to mind is dinosaurs. Dinosaurs did not look good. It was very grainy and unless where did we watch that? Maybe that was I don't know that Disney, was Disney Plus. Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I remember. I just remember it looking like shit for, and I think it came out after this, didn't it? No, it was eighty nine. No, no, it was, it was no, 91, it I think. Yeah, it was right around the same time. But I guess, again, but no matter what, we can all it, agree that it looked better than uh, Cavemen. No. <laughs> Phenomenal. And we'll talk about that in episode 100. But I'm going to fight this. Gonna... I don't think it deserves the 100 spot even a little bit. I don't but either. we'll discuss this later. That's we'll give it 101 for the we'll, we'll, Yeah, we'll discuss it in 69 more episodes when we reach episode 100. <laughs> we are at episode 31, I believe, right now. I think this is episode 31. We'll get into it now, but to go to how we normally start these things, Mad About You, who has and hasn't watched this show up until right now? I've seen I, it. Um, I, it was one of those shows I never like sought out to watch, though. It was always just on. This was one of those on after a show I was already watching shows where you'd get the intro and then shut it off. Parent show is what I was called this as a kid. It's a parent show. It's on yep. in the background because your parents or somebody older is watching it. You weren't watching it on purpose and it made no sense to you. You're rewatching this now. I can't imagine seven to, was it nine years or eight years? So seven to, you know, 15 year old us would have understood or this show would have worked for us. You know, I do remember having a thing for Helen Hunt though. Ew. In Tornado? <laughs> well, yeah. she's What's like, Twister, you mean? Yeah. We'll, we'll get into it in a little bit, but she was only like 29 or 30 when that when this episode came out. Wait, Ferg, did you just ew her? Is she on the list? Is she on the Ferg list? After this episode, she's very much on the Ferg list. <laughs> okay. She so just did a movie yeah, where she did like great. a nude scene that was like very like widely reported a couple years ago. because So we like, have the new Mr. Skin. Well, I just remember <laughs> it coming out in the new... I haven't seen it, but I remember it being a big deal... Because it was like forty-five-year-old Helen Hunt does a oh, news scene or whatever. She's fifty now, and she doesn't look very good. Well, in any event, we'll get Jesus it. it I don't know. I haven't seen her about, a while, but I like older women. So. I'm thirty-five yeah. and don't look very good, so no shame in her game. So one thing about this thing, we did say, and you said it was like a parent show. I remember Mad About You because the show was huge in its run, but it's one of those shows that again doesn't have a lot of staying power with today's world. It just didn't last the test of time quite the same. But yeah, it wasn't meant for us. This first episode came out when we're like six, seven years old or five, five, six years old. So it's not, it's, it's made for like 30 year old people, freshly married, like that young adult crowd. 
we didn't cater to that audience that time. So it is a little bit more interesting to watch it now as adults, a little older than they are in this point. Probably not Paul Rise. It's probably right around our age right now from that yeah, episode. I think so. I think didn't they right say yeah. that they were our age? Like yeah, they said we're Gordo's age. That was, that's yeah. uh, <laughs> and early in the script. <laughs> um, they looked at the camera and said, we are your age now. But no. This, then he got um, this NASCAR and he drove away. Yeah, it's a different perspective. Uh looking back at it now versus show that really wasn't tailored for us at that point in time. And the jokes aren't really catered to kids either. So it's very much for young adults. So it's, it was good to watch it now, but I actually remember nothing about mad about you from its original run. Other than they were a couple. I, I remember no details at all. I don't know if you guys have anything. The only stuck. thing I remembered was the actual cast. Yeah. Like, but if you told me to name like any scenes or significant episodes, right? she looks I pretty good or anything. Yeah, can I you will see say that in my glasses? one thing I really remember from the show is the character Ira. Yes, I was waiting in, for him. In this episode, so I was yeah. thrown off by that. Does that he replace that me. that goofy friend of his? Yeah. Or is that friend always on it? No, he's later. I looked it up, and he's uh, he comes in later. I think season two, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Ira is who I remember, and he had to have just been that character, like that they ended up swapping out for. I, oh, I don't even yeah. remember that guy's name. What was his Jay, name? I think his name is. Yeah, but they called him something else by his oh, last friends? name. I think. It's J. Uh, I have my notes. Sorry, it's J. Selby. Selby, yeah. Selby, Selby is what they yeah. Call him, yeah. And he's only in it for the first season. So opening scene, we see it was it was a bedroom, and we hear snoring, and and you're looking at it from the perspective, kind of off camera, and they start to pan down towards the bed, and that's when we see that um, the couple is Jamie and Paul are the names of the two people. Jamie's played by Helen Hunt. Paul is Paul Reiser. We see that. Jamie is the one who's snoring, and Paul's sitting there, side of the bed, eyes wide open, can't sleep because of the snoring. I call bullshit on this because they they say they've been married for five months, but there's no way they met five months and one day ago. Like, this isn't the first time she's ever snored. Like, this right. is the kind of stuff that you're like, oh, my wife yeah. snores. Well, they like, didn't, yeah. like, present it like it he was shocked it. by it, right? It just it was keeping him up at the time. It, it, they didn't really present it like this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he was a little aggressive on it, though, especially for how late it was in the morning. Like, their alarm clock is just about to go off. Like, just put your headphones on, man. Yeah, because he was trying to, like, first he gave her, like, a light slap, and then he's shaking her, and eventually he just plugs her nose so she can't breathe and wakes up. A little aggressive. I have done that to you in hotel rooms. <laughs> <laughs> Works it work temporarily. It does, and then it stops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a snorer personally. I don't know if you guys are, but I'm a snorer. So like, I'm with her. I am. I, I know gotten, for sure it's gotten Jay better is. as um as my weight comes down a little bit. The snoring subsides a, a little. It's they kind of go hand in hand. So. You know, you're not awake for your snoring. <laughs> I ask other people that I share beds with. I just shared a room with you guys not long ago, and you I all, and, yeah, you but, were just drowned out by your brother who snores way <laughs> yeah. worse. Now. So I don't know. But uh, I did think it was funny that when she woke up, she asked if. If she was snoring, and his initial response is, what could possibly be in your nose that I don't have in mind? (laughs) (laughs) It's like an interesting take on that. This is the start of where Paul Reiser, and I like Paul Reiser, I'm not knocking him, but he, this is very much like, and I'm going to reference Seinfeld a lot in this, I'm sure. He is very much doing a, like, 70s Woody Allen impersonation through this entire episode. And the, like, what possibly could be in your nose that's not in my nose is such a Woody Allen line. Yeah, that's kind of his brand of comedy, too, though. That's just how 
Neuriser is, yeah. yeah. I mean, this whole thing, I wrote down at one point that it's kind of like Seinfeld light, or it's Seinfeld if George got married and... Uh, no, it's in no way like Seinfeld. I don't no. get that vibe. I, I was at thinking all. the same thing. It, it, this is I get Seinfeld very Seinfeld of this. If Seinfeld I want was to, terrible. I, I wish <laughs> I wish we had like a S one E one historian that can go through every episode and tell us how many times Joe has compared a show this we were is, doing. This to is Seinfeld. the first time I truly agree with him, though. I was Thank getting you. such it's Seinfeld show about nothing vibes. Like, yeah, it's New York people in their thirties who are kind of neurotic going through relationship issues. That's yeah, very, but I feel like it's time. a little see, more no, structured. See, because Seinfeld is about the the situation and Mad About You is about the people. Like, yeah. Well, we don't I, know that it, it's episode one. Well, I mean, just by this episode alone, it's about the people in the story and not the weird situation they're in. They literally had dinner in this no, episode. Situa- yeah. This is about the situation. They fuck while their friends are in the other right, room. Hold on, hold on. We're skipping ahead till, till late, late in the episode, but... I would say Seinfeld is a little bit more based around when you look back at it in the history of that show, there's a lot of characters, like these really eccentric one-off characters that wouldn't even really work other than in their quick story arcs. Like Richard would... Kind in this episode. Dude, well, I fucking no, love Richard Kind. I love Richard Kind. I he's one love of the Richard Kind, yeah. But I'm he's... saying he's an eccentric character that would be on Seinfeld. I know, right? but you didn't really right. get... He's like a secondary character for You didn't TV get show full that Richard like Kind episodes. in this, too. Like, if you remember, like, Spin City Richard Kind and oh, shit like yeah. that, like, he's just such a hilarious goofball, and you didn't get that at all with this. Is he and just I was bummed. in this episode, do we know? I don't I'm remember. Sure. He's a cast member the whole way through. Yeah, because I remember his wife always being there. I don't really remember him that much. He comes back from what I remember, but I've only seen, like, sparingly episodes. But I do remember him being in later ones. All right, well, I want to close out this opening scene because as now that she's up, she she asks him to run the shower and make coffee. The coffee. And, and uh, he doesn't <laughs> yeah, really react. He's trying, the to pretend, yeah, yeah. he's trying to pretend that his eyes are shut. And then she just says that she thinks she's pregnant. And then he like rises right up, like and eyes wide open. <laughs> and she's just like, just kidding. Like make the coffee. I was curious about this. I know this is like a thing that I've heard in television and movies for years, but like the whole like running a bath and like that makes sense. Cause it takes a little time to fill, but like run the shower for what? How long does it take the water to regulate temperature? It's an old New, New, York, New York old pipes. Yeah. They yeah. take a while. Warm up. But like start it now so in five minutes when I finally get in there, it's going to be warm. Would it, yeah, would it, have I think it with those apartments long? for sure. Yeah. I it's think it's also in the first episode of, of Seinfeld. But they have yeah, no connections. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, now we get into the intro and the song starts. It's just kind of like this like little piano drum beat at first. The vocals kick in. So... Did the you origins know, of the song are insane, by the way. So did you know that this show's theme song, Final Frontier, was composed by Paul Reiser and Don Waz? Oh, I did not know that, actually. That's actually a fun fact. Yep. Do you know who Don Waz is? No, I do not. He was the bass player in the band Was Not Was. He's Don Was. And uh, their big song was... Everybody get on the floor. Everybody do the dinosaur. Whoa, really? No, Whoa, shit, really? Huh? Everybody uh, walk the dinosaur. That's a great oh, song. I'm sorry. I didn't remember the lyrics for it. Yeah. I apologize. <laughs> but Don Was is the guy who wrote ooh, that song. Ah, ooh. Oh, cool. So they were the composers of that song, and it was originally performed by Andrew Gold. Do you know what he's who, famous for? No, I do not. He wrote the song, Thank You for Being a Friend, from Golden Girls. Huh. Okay. Uh, so a lot of weird stuff going on in the sitcom world in this song. Oh, now now I'm now I'm down this rabbit hole. 
So why are you on it, Wikipedia again yeah, while we're as recording? As you're checking up on the song, line, I want to get yeah. Let me get into and the intro. Reading, reading through a Braille machine. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're so slow. <laughs> so the thing is, with so the song kicks in, then eventually the vocals, and I'll say, you know, you guys were kind of going over the piano riff um, as as I first brought it up, and I feel like that piano is kind of iconic, but the rest of the song I thought sucked. I thought the vocals were terrible. Like they could have just had that piano piece and just it'd be a standalone and like it really didn't need the full vocal uh, treatment. I also don't think that intro is as long as the show goes, right? I always remembered a more a shorter version of that. I agree. Yeah, I think it's another one of those. Yeah, I'm not sure episodes. because we're we're probably more familiar with that show and its syndication than its original yeah. run too, so yeah. it's tough to gauge. You know, I, I got a very Huey Lewis vibe from that song. By the way, I can see that. That's a little like a yeah. It's kind of like a jazzy version of a Huey Lewis song. Yeah, and the only thing other than that song that's going on is it's just like, it looks like these like candid photos of them through the city, like taken by a photographer, like these black and white, like still shots. And they're all on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And you'll notice that there are two very obvious things missing in every one of those photographs. There you go. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been like five episodes that brought it up. I'm just saying. It's been a while. You would have thought, though, I'm not trying to be weird here, but I'm thinking if you're taking a bunch of pictures where I think they're at the New York Public Library, they're in Central Park, they're taking all these New York iconic photos. And it's weird that they don't see the World Trade Center in either. Well, any you of know, them. they're not like showing off the skyline because it's but not they do, showcasing. Though. You don't but see they the do. They show it across the river and you don't see the, the Twin Towers at all. I, I actually didn't all, know that that was New York because it didn't actually look like. It was even trying to be New York. It depends on what river they're on. I mean, you can you can. I think that's New Hudson, Jersey though, across they're lower the Manhattan. But I think the point was to not. It wasn't to overly showcase the fact that they're in New York. It's definitely a big staple throughout the episode. But those images are more to just show them as a couple living in the city together. They're I'm just, just saying, where was Paul Reiser that day? Moving on. So we get to the next scene, and it's the exterior shot of the city. Uh, again, we were just talking. It was clearly New York, just based on everything you saw before that. Zooms towards uh, the window to cut you into the building. It's like, that's a forever thing for almost any show, right? The exterior shot of the building to let you know where they're at. No- nothing too crazy there. And now we see the two getting ready. They're kind of like in a hurry a bit. And she's just making some toast. He's just kind of checking the fridge and walking. He's just trying to look busy like for the show. I don't think he was actually directed to do anything specific where she had like an actual task and uh he says that they need to like hurry up so they can get to the non like they don't want all the non-sticky seats on the subway to get used up first so i've been on the new york city subway system plenty of times there are no non-sticky seats that's a fool's errand paul reiser maybe it was like do you want the like the poo seats or the jizz seats yeah I would you probably just it's a real two faced scenario. Do I get the poo or the jizz? <laughs> you could uh, you could just stand up <laughs> if, yeah, if you those could. are your only options. Yeah, and then I also thought as far as that went, like don't these trains run like every minute? If you get to the train and all the good seats are taken, just like wait, and there'll be another one like pretty soon. I yeah, mean, but the other one might be just as full because I used to yeah. commute to work every day on the train. If you tried to play that game, the same thing would happen. Another just as full train would come. You just get on and deal with it. Right. And one of the good byproducts of uh, the pandemic was I, I ride the train every single day and th- they're not full anymore. The, it's yeah. crazy. Like there's always seats. It's crazy. And it seems like this part of the pandemic care has gone away. But for a while, everything was like much cleaner. <laughs> so, you know, when you did get on things like trains, they were spotless because they had people no, just. We're back to being slobs cleaning. again. Yeah. We're back to the sticky again. seats. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I maybe ran it. I maybe read wrote it like ten times during the pandemic, and each time I would just stand and just try not to touch anything the whole time. So like, I, I sat notice. down. Fuck that. Like I got my <laughs> clothes on. I'm gonna take my clothes off when I get home, anyways. So you just walk no through the house, no take no all your clothes off as you walk. I do. I do. Yeah. When I come in, I'm mad about you theme song. (laughs) Tell Matilda's lasagna time. (laughs) Just strutting. (laughs) (laughs) I would assume you probably put you know a new set of clothes on, not just strip off. I have home. I have just home clothes. I mean, I'm sorry, my. I'm sorry, my home clothes don't have holes in the yard. Say, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we did just we did just cover your like home comfy clothes like a, a couple weeks back. It is ventilation. So, I am very sweaty. I mean, I'm wearing oh, my, oh, so my camo pants. I mean, if you guys really want to know, hold on, I'll show you. I actually in in on top of my ridiculous outfit, my my comfy home pants include uh, camouflaged. Sweatpants. I'm waiting for you to fall over. I was so really hoping you were going to stand on the chair and fucking eat shit. For those of you who can't see, I mean, because I, I can't guarantee what clips will make it on Instagram, which you can find at S1E1Pod on Instagram, by the way. Uh, but uh, to give you a quick description of Gordo as of right now, he's got a, looks like he has a trucker style hat on, some big shades, a shirt uh, commemorating the world's biggest orange. Largest orange, <laughs> the world's largest orange in Orlando, and then, uh, Florida. And then he's got his camouflage sweatpants on. And if you were to just look at his face, if uh, for those of you familiar with the late great Dale Earnhardt Sr., uh, he's looking Dale like dribble. the Intimidator right now. I try this out because Gordon's like, these are my comfy. I'm inside the house clothes, though. We're gonna finish this episode in between editing everything. He's gonna go outside to smoke a cigarette and walk right out into the real world dressed like that. And then make fun of what, somebody back to come torch? back in for looking yeah. insane. And it's just the best pot and kettle scenario ever. I think what, you're wearing camo port? on the bottom, so no one's going to see your bottom, but bright orange on the top. Who's going to see that That Well, because, you know, I, you're dressed like a <laughs> hunter right now. <laughs> yeah, because I take hunting hunting uh, safety seriously. <laughs> you know, safety is number jungle. one priority. That's how Joe's going to die in Maine, just walking around in all black, getting hit with a buckshot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it'll be that deer. deer. (laughs) That deer was on a skateboard with a twelve pack of high life, and I got him. (laughs) So as they're going through, as they're going through uh, their morning routine, she also reminds them that they don't need to go and pick up the dry cleaning because she forgot to bring it in, and he's nervous because he's like, "Oh, so now it's in your office, and people walk by there and they see it, and I don't know what he's worried about. He's worried about people." Stealing clothing, I think at one point he was worried about a man walking off with his pants or something. He makes a comment of people seeing his unmentionables, but your underwear is not going to get dry cleaned. Yeah, right? who, who dry cleans their also underwear? Also true. Yeah, yeah, and but they, they don't. Pants and shirts. They live in an apartment in New York. They don't have a, a washer and dryer. They probably bring everything down right, to get clean. But she specifically mentioned the dry cleaning, which is usually a separate thing than just sending your laundry in. But yeah, either way. And yeah, I mean, it's they, not like it's just out. It's not like she has her desk sitting there with just underwear and socks laying around. Like things would be in a bag. No, this dry cleaning this is, is when I noticed though a lot of like typical sitcom like role reversals in this one. Like usually the dude who's like snoring, she was the one who snored. It's usually yeah. like the dude who's lazy and like misses chores, she missed it. It's yeah, usually the cool. dude that wants to have sex and the wife's like, "No, not today, Al." Like, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, this yeah, is I never the beginning thought of that. Of that. That's a good. That's and a good like, pull for her. Yeah, she's yeah. definitely like the re- the reversed she's role like, of the bang. classic. Because yeah, you just you just got into it. And that's the very next thing that comes up is as he's talking about someone walking off with his pants. She just in the out of nowhere goes, "It doesn't bother you that we haven't had sex in five days." 
and he just goes, hello. <laughs> he just wasn't ready for that at all. And he just kind I of also never off. not love someone responding to a sentence with <laughs> hello. hello. <laughs> it's never not going to be funny. Yeah. He, uh, he's joking it off and he's saying, well, we've been married five months. So that sexual part of the relationship's over now. And she's trying to figure out what's actually going on. I think she's like overthinking why it hasn't happened. Cause it's only been five days. It's not like they haven't had sex in months or something like that. I will say starting to watch this episode, right? Like I came into it with a bit of a bias from what I remember as a kid. Right. And then as all the stuff started happening, the, you didn't do the chores, you're snoring, you didn't make the coffee. The sexual part of the relationship is over. It's been five months, like that kind of argument. This is where the scales for me started going like, a, oh, this is kid Joe and this is adult Joe and things. I'm starting to get this show a little it more. It's a more now. relatable show. Yeah, yeah it becomes older. way more relatable. Yeah, and I said that early on. The show was not made for us. So and it's a no, mi- yeah. at, at the age we were at when the show came out, where now we're in our 30s. We are that crowd. But I think a show like Seinfeld, which I, I don't know about you guys, but I watched new and watched in reruns when we were kids, and I, I got something out of it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I and still think can. I, not, I couldn't in the show, and now as an adult, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, and to not keep going back and forth with Seinfeld, but I just, you know, I, I kind of talked about it earlier, but <laughs> the, the thing with Seinfeld is there's so many cartoony-like characters that come in and out of episodes that are going to be more appealing to, or, to a kid. They're not right. made yeah. for kids. They're not like straight up cartoons but they're just such eccentric wild characters that even if you don't relate to them it's a it's a funny entertaining thing that you can stick to a little bit more than the neighbor or the best friend like that's when you're a kid it's just not as relatable you know the couple that you guys always hang out with but don't want to that's not something you can connect with i think the biggest thing is the wanting to have plans versus not wanting to have plans that's where like as a kid versus an adult right because when you're a kid you're like i want to see everybody i want to do everything oh no i am still that kid you still are yeah <laughs> i am i, I am the opposite when there's an episode of this or a scene in this episode where they're just like what if we just cancel all our plans and we never leave the house and tell anybody and i was like oh my god it's heaven <laughs> i never want to go anywhere or do anything ever again but yeah he's he's just trying to diffuse her concerns and he's just saying, hey, stuff happens. He's like, I had to edit one day, then you had the conference, and then my parents were over, which killed the mood, and that sucked the life out of me for the next day. So five days goes by quick. And I think at that point, it just seemed like the, the lack of physical connection that they had been having was kind of messing with their self-esteem a little bit. So now she's looking in the mirror, and she's like, you know, do, do, is my head getting smaller? Like, I just think she needed that physical connection to feel more herself and feel good about herself. And that's where that was coming from. It was less about the marriage, I think, and more about how she felt about herself. Not to like overthink the situation, but. No, I think that's pretty spot on assessment. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to feel that physical connection? Right. I mean, that's tied right to, <laughs> right to how your self-esteem. I mean, I love you coming up with like a serious, important relationship comment, but looking the way you do right now. I like, can't. <laughs> no, you're impossible it. to take seriously. <laughs> but I look yeah. good. His, uh, he's, you know, he's reassuring her. You're beautiful, and you know, tonight let's have a night, just the two of us. We're not going to do anything. We're just going to have dinner, and n- no other distractions. And then he tells her. We'll do dinner at 7, foreplay at 8.15, we'll be naked by 8.30, wheezing and sweating by 9. You know, Which, he, that's a bold move, because they want to have lasagna. Lasagna at 7 and foreplay at 
they're our age. That is ballsy. Yeah. Incorrect. Yep. That is an yeah. incorrect assessment of how that night is going to go. Well, that was a whole when she offered to make lasagna, and we'll get into it later because it actually does come up later in the episode. But he's like, "You can make that." She's like, "I can try." Like she was excited at the idea. Like I thought she was gonna make this like from scratch lasagna. We will get into it's it later. But it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very much not. Um, it's not, not a pretty lasagna. thick thing Fart to have in lasagna. your belly yeah. for a in that forty-five <laughs> minutes later. Let's go to the Bone Town. In that moment, uh, it sounded like she was gonna like in pre- you know to prepare for this big night. You know, cook this big dinner from scratch, but. We, we later find out that is not the case. As they're making these plans, they realize they had already made plans with Fran and Mark, who are their couple that they do things with, apparently. She's trying to kind of pin this on him that he should have remembered as well, because he had no idea that they had plans. And, and she's like, remember, like, you know, I said, like, this week I had this going on, and then the next week we were going to be hanging out with them. And he immediately catches her, like, in this lie, because essentially it was she forgot to tell him, and she was trying to cover but he realized that the week that she would have told him, she wasn't in town. So there's no way that she actually had told him that. I do love that scene. I love his detective work. Like he can't let it go. He has to like detective yeah. down that she, she was lied out to of him. Town, like, well, it's I, different. I, I, I mean, like nowadays you would believe say they, they didn't text. talk for a week. Like, well, times were a little different. You know, pre-cell phone. Uh, yeah, pre-cell. So they probably got yeah, out a quick true. phone call, maybe called from the hotel or whatever. But early dial-up internet. They could have been aiming. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't just know if they were think... aiming in 92. Maybe, though. Yeah, but we even were. if they were catching up, it's unlikely that she was making plans with other people through they that aim chat as well. each other. They could have beeped each other. To, yeah, I love the idea of, of plans, three but... separate faxes that come in and say, like, <laughs> I love you, and three more. They're like, I love you, too. Plans <laughs> next week. But yeah, he tells them, just blow them off. Breaking he, news. He's Todd that they stinks. can't, because uh, they're always canceling. She's like, we're always canceling on them. And he's like, yeah, because we don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> like that's it's just weird. Like, uh, how are you? You know, I guess there's probably people who do that. I I just can't imagine a world at which I'm continuously hanging out with people I don't want to hang out with anymore. Like, it's just I don't know. The, the world works different now, I guess, but there's just not enough time for that. Well, I think it's different. I mean, I think you you nailed that that the world is different. I mean, because <clears> now <throat> you can just text someone and be like, "Yo, sorry, something came up. I I got the shit tonight." You know, yeah, it's more personal if you have to actually like face to face or give them a phone yeah. call and come up with an excuse. When you yeah, can just kind of hide behind them. your screen, it's so much easier to cancel oh, something. Exactly, exactly. But back then, you couldn't really couldn't really do that. You'd have to call them, and it's a whole big production progress. for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess that's a plans sign of made progress. easy. I can blow people off so much easier now. I don't have to see the hurt in their eyes when they don't get Ferg done. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. So now they finally rush out the door. Door shuts. Door opens back up. And she rushes to the window because she needs to crack the window open for the dog. And he's like, it's an apartment, not a Volvo. They eventually, they leave again. Door opens back up a second time. Now he rushes back because in that quick second that they left, he realized, well, someone could try to sneak into the house and rob us. He's very concerned with people taking his stuff, right? Because earlier it was the same thing with the the laundry at her office. He thought someone's going to run off with his pants. Now he thinks someone's going to scale up the building. And from what we saw in the earlier exterior shot, I mean, they're quite a few stories up. They say so, 11. Uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's unlikely that someone's going to scale the entire building just you to scale cl- something. You could climb a fire escape. There was a fire escape window. I guess, but that's a lofty... 11 stories uh, on a fire escape is not a lot, though. 11 stories on a ladder, no one's doing that, but it's just a stairwell. Yeah. yeah. But you yeah. don't know, just because you see the doors, the windows cracked open, that doesn't mean... 
one way or another, no, you someone's home or not. You wouldn't target it, yeah. You wouldn't no. go all the way up there just assuming no one's home because then right. you go all the way up there and then there's people sitting in the apartment. You're going to just walk right back down. Oh, later, sorry. later they show, like, he has, like, editing equipment or something like that. So he has expensive work shit. Yeah. So I can and see he, him he talked about editing earlier. Stuff. Yeah, he's a documentary filmmaker. They don't really go into their careers so much in this episode, but he's a filmmaker. So he must have, and it's 1992, right? So yeah. film equipment actual film or yeah. sort of expensive video cameras everything's worth way more money yeah and then so now for the second time you know open door opens uh opens and shuts she comes in first he comes in and then as they're leaving this time he's like hurry up before i mess all your clothes up in the closet shuts the door opens up again and he's like that didn't mean i didn't like your outfit so she took that as uh a comment about her clothing choices so that's the end of uh that scene i, I like the way that played visually it worked really well I, I like the back and forth they, in and out of the house. <laughs> you think it's weird they opened the window for this pet that we never see in the episode? We do at the very, very we end. We do at the very <laughs> the end. Oh, yeah. I must have missed it. Yeah. Um, the friend is hugging him. Yeah, yeah Jay is on the floor with him. So now we get to the next scene. Um, again, establishing with the exterior shot, but they're right back at their apartment. Now, Jamie's talking to her sister, who I believe her name was Lisa. She's talking about how good they are for each other because they make time and their parents never did that. And while Jamie's getting ready, it seems as if the sister was originally under the assumption that she was staying for dinner or something because she showed it to her. She's like, does this look good? And she was like, oh, forget how she described it. But it was basically insinuated that Lisa was under the impression she could stay for dinner. And now this threw me off at the beginning because when I saw the credits roll for the show at the beginning, I see Anne Ramsey which is this actress, right? She plays Lisa, the sister. That's Anne Ramsey with an A. But when I read it, I thought it was Anne Ramsey with an E, who is Mama Fertelli from The Goonies and Owen's <laughs> mother from... Uh, I would have enjoyed this Throw Mama from the Train. It's wet, isn't it? <laughs> right, because I had never seen this show like the pilot before. I was like, oh my God, is one of their moms... Owen! <laughs> Mrs. Fertelli. <laughs> But then, like, no offense to this Anne Ramsey, but I found out it was not throw mama from the train Anne Ramsey. I was so bummed out. You don't have movie. a cousin Larry. <laughs> it, it gets established. So now she realizes that she's kind of interfering with date night. But she kind of knew about date night because she was just talking about how nice it was that they make time for each other. And then she still thought that she was just going to crash dinner. But regardless, uh, she's like, I don't want to interfere with your date. I already have plans to wallow. And that's because um, she broke up with Arthur, who was described as the creep. And well, he does look like Willem Dafoe, which makes sense to that, right? Spider-Man! Yes. Yeah, Willem <laughs> Dafoe, not uh, William Devane, who I was looking at both the credits. Obviously, I knew Willem Dafoe. and I, I, even I don't know who of, William Devane is. If you looked him up, you would. I can't properly describe him, and I should have taken note of things. Like, I did it for myself, but didn't provide the notes so I'd be able to tell you what he's from. But you'll Don't worry, know Jeff face. Gordon's on Wikipedia as we speak. He'll figure yeah. out. <laughs> He's racing around the corner. Yeah. To he was in a lot. You know, I'll tell you, as I read it, there wasn't like one standout thing that I could tell you. Oh, he's from this. And you would Just immediately know what I meant. But a if busy you look character up his face, yeah, you would know him. But also, while I was doing that, I checked up Willem Dafoe and like in 1992 to be like, did he not look super creepy in 92? Like that this is a positive thing? <laughs> I think he was a handsome guy back then. <laughs> I don't know. Was nah, he? It really not so much. Mississippi burning era, Willem Dafoe? Oh, yeah. Smoking hot. 
I don't know. I can't. I, oh, yeah, you probably I shouldn't say guy. smoking hot about that movie. Oh. Joe, didn't you know somebody who grew up with Willem Dafoe? I Nate, feel like a, Nate's dad. Yeah, that's what it was. To, yeah. And whenever I see him, I always think of the one thing Nate's dad said, where he referred to him as Little Billy, Billy Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> so for the past 20 years, where he shows up in anything, I'm like, Kelsey, look, it's Little Billy Dafoe. Like, I can't not say it. And Gordo, I think you excitedly just figured out something that you might know the other actor from. Uh, it looks like he had a very long career. Yeah, and he's still alive, by the way. What was his name? His William name Devane. William Devane. Um, and he's best known for his role as Greg Summer on the primetime oh. soap on opera Knots Landing. Knots Landing. That's what he's. That's what I know him from. Yeah. And he was, he was James Heller on Twenty Four. He was also in something I just watched recently, and I can't remember what it was. But yeah, yeah he's a very. Any of you listening? Stuff. Just Google the two if you want. You know, William Devane, Willem Dafoe. Look at look at them both and decide which one you'd be more attracted to. That, that that's all subjective. So whatever is more your style. And if you say Willem Dafoe, I then tell you to watch the movie Antichrist, and then you will change your mind immediately. Apparently, uh, Arthur liked her too much to date. Because I guess he didn't want to get married again. And she said, well, you don't want to get married again either. So they both, um, you know, had been divorced. Aww. So this whole, this whole liked her too much to date thing. I don't know. I guess I, it, as weird as it was, I kind of understood the sentiment and what was meant by that. Not, you know, not that you agree one way or another, but he was, he was out of divorce, you know, out of a divorce. And now he doesn't, he likes lisa right but he just doesn't feel that if they go a little too far along in the relationship that it complicates things i I don't know how to properly describe it but i kind of understood the sentence he he was just trying to get out of the relationship it was the it's not you it's me kind of thing because it could it could be clearly a a stage five clinger and like yeah (laughs) i couldn't stand it the second i fought It could have been that. I don't know. I just thought maybe, you know, he's like, hey, I was in a, I was married and now I just don't want that at this point in my life. Yeah. I'm not ready to just be that. And it was such a throwaway line that, again, I don't think it was written to be discussed the way we're discussing it now. But for the sake of the show, why not? Lisa says that uh, Jamie married the perfect guy. And then kind of, you know, Jamie's counter to that is she kind of does this uh, impersonation of her husband at a restaurant debating, like, I'm thinking soup, but they only have bisque. I'm not, I'm, I'm uneasy with bisque. I don't know why. I so genuinely this, laughed through all of this. That I was a good, good, yeah. So this is the only time, like, they, Seinfeld when, here? Yeah, that's the yeah. only time that I got kind of a Seinfeld vibe. That's, that's a very Jerry yeah, uh, so thing. Bisque's not a soup! The way <laughs> yeah. Very Seinfeld. The way and I don't know it, how I feel about bisque is what, yeah. what got me. The way she like crunched her face and like held her hands up and like it was a decent impression. And I, I just said, but is impression and impersonation the exact same thing, or is there like a like a nuance, like subtle difference between the two? That's a good I question. Think is, I, I don't, don't know. Think there's a difference. I yeah, I, I never thought of it like that. Same. So it'd be like a potato potato scenario. Yeah, but but what I also <laughs> really liked about this is even though it was a scene that she wasn't acting with Paul Reiser, I thought this showed a lot of good chemistry. Like it really like connected those two characters. So for a pilot episode, there was this feeling that like they are legitimately together. It's not like this forced hand. We've talked about this in some other episodes before where like you think the cast maybe went and spent a weekend or a week or whatever with each other and became friends, right? Like yeah. if the five of us went away and there were cameras rolling and we didn't know, 
they would just be us doing impressions of each other that were very spot on to each other because we know each other that long, right? So when people can do it, who like they must know each other at least for a while, spent some time together. Yeah, it just it, it really felt like she really understood him. Maybe she was just a really big fan of my two dads, and she really got the nuances down. <laughs> yeah, she watched just, it every week. She just watched it over and over yeah, again. She's like, I love that show. She drops this giant chunk of frozen lasagna. So we we, we talked about it earlier. She was talking about making lasagna, and he's like, "Oh, you can make lasagna." She's like, I can try, but apparently what she meant was I have this frozen brick of lasagna in the freezer that I'm going to heat up, and that's going to be our date night food. Has anybody here ever made a lasagna before? Because I make one every year for Thanksgiving. Maybe it's once. difficult. It's, it's not easy. It's very hard. No, yeah. It's you like know always a happens? very confusing cake. When I make a lasagna, the thing that drives me the most insane is when you make the noodles for it at least three of them stick to the pot for some reason no matter how much salt or oil you put in the water you end up just tearing one of those or i've a few gone no bake noodles now man you got to try it i will not do that no i think it's i think it's worth the effort no bake noodles yeah they Ooh, make ones now top. that you don't they the cooking itself happens in the lasagna you don't have to you don't have to boil them first oh okay all right that does that's interesting so I wonder after. if they're just freeze already cooked and freeze dried. That has to be what it is. Basically, yeah. yeah. But that way, the only problem with that is because it's one giant sheet, you can never make it fit your actual pans. You end up cutting a bunch of shards <laughs> around it to fill up the <laughs> yeah, spots. Yeah. But it works, and it's way better than because, like you just said. But you don't have to fully, fully cook it, right? You just got to get a little because it's going to baking the pan with other wet things. I don't want to make this lasagna chat, but right. You, it, but now that, you now you can actually buy it? lasagna noodles and even like I buy gluten free ones that are. Do not need to be boiled. You can just, they're right from the thing. Like the cooking happens in the pan. Yeah. So during all this interaction, uh, Paul eventually walks in and, you know, he tells her how cute she is and gives her a kiss. And at this point, had no idea that Lisa was even in the room. So now he's kind of like scrambling to make like quick small talk because he's kind of surprised by her presence because he thought this was going to be this big night alone. And at first, he's like, oh, how's like the guy? And immediately gets slapped with this towel by uh, Jamie. And so he switches topics because he picks up on what she's trying to tell him and switches to the car. And then the car, I guess someone stole the stereo and slashed the seats. <laughs> and he's still trying to make the most of this conversation. Like, well, at least you have insurance. Classic and 90s she, New York, too, though, right? Yeah. Like, oh, they stole my stereo. Like, now that would just never happen because your car comes with some whatever basic stereo that means nothing. Unless you really want a sound system with big speakers in the back of your car. Like, most people don't have that. And the computer situation is much more complicated. It's not like right. just you just rip the box out anymore, but I'm, I'm sure it still happens. But I mean, I remember my uncle living in Somerville when I was a kid and he had a Jeep and they were like, he got his, you know, the non hard top slit yeah, like yeah. five times and they stole his stereo and they started making stereos that had like a handle on them. And you just took them out with you. Yeah. Like when yeah. you went home for the night, you pulled the whole stereo out because you were like, someone's going to try to steal it. Like a which plug is and so play, crazy yeah. to think that we lived in a time. For like a short period where it was like, yeah, it's a removable stereo. This is too much. Yeah. And what I thought was, um, again, probably thinking too hard, but she, so she, when he said, oh, at least you have insurance, she's like, oh, I forgot to send in the premium. And then in a way that kind of made her and her sister make sense as sisters, because it looks like Jamie keeps forgetting to do simple chores too. So it just seemed like, oh yeah, you guys are definitely sisters. You have very like qualities. Well, she got the pretty hair though. So you think the yeah, I didn't really pick up on that, but it does track. And then he's he's still trying pretty to make hair. the most of it. And he's like, well, you got your health, <laughs> right? And then he just leaves the room. And then she just brings up that she got her period again. Like, I guess she's getting like um, more than 
<laughs> a typical cycle's worth of periods. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that was her saying that she got her period twice or more frequently or if she was like trying purposely to get pregnant even though she's no longer with that guy and that was like a bummer thing that she got her period like i couldn't tell where that was going i was under the impression it meant that she's getting periods more frequently than she's supposed to and you know i'm not going to pretend i know enough about the situation now, i read to that as further. i read that as it's just she's not really the the <clears throat> passing of time is just not registering with her like well, oh it's already been a month really Oh, she's just drifting, and yeah, that's her I only just, way I to just read oh. that as he said, "At least you have your health," and she's saying, "No, I don't." Well, I think that's what it meant to be. I thought it was a weird example. It was like, a but, very weird example that really yeah. didn't fit, but I think that's what they were going for. So now he's no longer in the room, and you just hear him shouting. He's like, "Oh, look what happened over here!" And then <laughs> Jamie excuses himself and then heads into the living room to talk to Paul, who's sitting there and he's just shaking his legs in the chair. Which <laughs> I didn't quite understand why he was doing that. He was, I think he was talking about how the thing was too far from the chair. Oh. The Ottoman Empire. The Ottoman Empire. The Empire, we're putting your feet up. <laughs> the Ottoman Empire. So then he tells her that um, <laughs> we were supposed to have foreplay in 11 minutes, because it's part of his divine plan from earlier. And now they start arguing about how this was supposed to just be their alone time, and, but it's my sister and she's depressed, and you know what she's supposed to do. And he's kind of like, she's always depressed. And he's saying, you know, if the same exact thing happened with my friend <laughs> Selby, she's always going nuts. Yeah. He's like, if, you know, if, if this was happening with my friend Selby, he'd be going nuts. And well, that's different because this is my sister and Selby's over the house every day. But now Paul picks up the phone and calls his friend Selby and just invites him over and to join them to have some lasagna and adds like, is it vegetarian? Because he won't eat that. <laughs> So right. I thought this this fight went from like a two to a ten. Really, I quick. agree. It yeah. did. Also, I guarantee yeah. you that yeah. chair costs five thousand dollars. That was a really nice <laughs> chair, and I want it. <laughs> nice chair, yeah. But I think Nobody that's typical of a lot of routine is. That's how what? Well, he's obviously very concerned. He cares more about the foreplay, I think, than the sex. So what is he the foreplay made? For him? Foreplay was a very specific part of his plan, you know, right. early on. So and that could be different for everybody. I wonder what their foreplay routine is. Well, later in the episode, it doesn't look like there's much foreplay at all. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't look you know, like we'll a yeah, lot. What, what if their foreplay is an epic fight? Maybe. Like, oh, they they, they yeah. need to hate each other. We're like, watching it go down right now. Yeah, we're actually sounds, watching have foreplay. Yeah. Good call. And now that's where the episode gets relatable to me, because I love <laughs> to argue. <laughs> so now... So basically, what Jay is telling us right now is the episode of the big show show that we did, Jay was sexually aroused the entire time because <laughs> all you did was argue with us that entire episode. I can... No. Well, no. Well. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, if you want to go back into the archives, we did uh, an episode on The Big Show Show starring Paul White. Uh, that's in there. You can listen to that if you'd like. Um, and someday we'll release the 10 minutes where Jay just yelled at us. Yeah, the yeah, cutting room floor. Me telling them all. Guys, let's get back to the show. Well, you know, <laughs> as much as it's The Big Show Show, I didn't want it to be The Big Long Show and be four hours. But moving on from that so we can continue to talk about Matt about you, uh, they keep arguing and uh you know it turns into this thing where he kind of like lets it be known like well if you tell your sister to leave i'll call selby and tell him to not come and he basically only invited him over as like leverage now like this is going to happen unless you correct the situation but as as they're going back and forth the doorbell rings because they completely forgot to cancel plans with mark and fran so 
and now they're arguing with one another about who was actually supposed to do that, which I don't think it was established who was supposed no, to call it. No. Also, when they're arguing, there's no way the sister can't hear them. She's one room right. over. Well, that's, that's established again later on, too. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. That's um, true. So, so they're arguing all the way to the door, and then eventually open the door together, turn it off, and both give them both an excited, like, hey. And that's when we see... Um, the couple of Mark and Fran, and we already said Richard Kind plays Mark. Oh, Richard um, Kind, the best ever. So yeah, he is in a ton of stuff. Um, do we play the "Where do you best know him from?" game? Like, what what comes it has to, to mind? Has to be Spin City for me. I'm sure if you'd said something, I'd be like, "Oh yeah," but Spin. City I would say probably it. the same for me. It'd be Spin City. Clifford yeah. for me. A good one. Daddy's gonna have a stroke. Dale, <laughs> Dale, can you think of anything that you remember Richard Kind from? Not off the top of my head, no. Okay. He's in a million things. Curb Enthusiasm, he's great in. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in every TV show that's ever existed. Yeah. I think right now I'm he's, sure. gonna, he, he's the voice for some commercial now, too, for some medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he? Um, I can't remember which one it is. I heard the other day. I was like, is that Richard Kind? Is he one of the ones that like he plays almost like a booger monster or something like that? Is it one of those commercials? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> the booger monster. <laughs> Richard Kind. <Yeah. laughs> But what a hilarious, hilarious dude. Yeah. I feel like we're missing something big. <laughs> and I, I I'm with you, and I'm trying to, with him I'm trying to go sure. through yeah. it. I'll, I'll get back to you. I'm but, doing um, the same. So I want to talk about this. This only came up once in this episode, and I, you know, it's something that happened in a lot of TV shows, and I think it just gets cut out of the streaming rights or the it's not part of syndication in general. But we had this transition with the We'll Be Right Back, where it's just uh, the two of them. It's the title screen. It's just the two of them talking over and he's like i'll be right back he's like what do you mean he's like oh we'll be right back and it was such a thing that like i haven't seen something like that in years like i forgot what Mm. a thing that was in television and it was just interesting to see that again yeah yeah i love being like hey as a tv show we're all part of this right this isn't rocket science it's a sitcom yeah the old just like we'll be right back after these messages type thing like you forgot that that was like used in so many shows and i like that they for this one, uh, Amazon Prime, by the way, is where you can watch the show if you wanted to go ahead and watch it. Amazon and Prime. The oh, yeah. I do want to check out uh, an episode to see how it looks 20 years later revisiting it. But, yeah, um, I, I did like that that was left in there. So from there, we get back into the kitchen, and it's um, just Jamie and Paul now. And she's attempting to flatten the lasagna because now she needs <laughs> that to feed, was really funny she needs to feed six people instead of two so she has this rolling pin and she's just smashing down the lasagna and he he does remind her like flat doesn't mean more i've done this with meatloaf before when i didn't think people were coming over and we were making meatloaf and i was like well what if i just form it longer and skinnier like it's not this it's the same amount of food yeah, yeah. do. and he's you know he's still kind of trying to diffuse a little bit and he's telling her it's enough food and he's explaining why but he also um does mention that because you're mad, you're not going to eat. And she's like, I'm not mad. So then Lisa walks in and she's like, should I change? Because I didn't know you were going to have people over. And he's like, neither did we. And uh, as I'm looking, her level of attire wasn't severely dressed up or down compared to the rest of them. So she looks fine. Yeah, it was yeah, kind no, of like they a, all look fine. It was I just kind of like, out, at, at this point, Lisa's the only one who was not invited over. <laughs> right. Actually, <laughs> Good yeah. Call, yeah. yeah. So, the, and yeah, I looked at that as they were just trying to get Lisa in because they're trying to get everyone into the kitchen one by one. So this is like the excuse for her. But it just was it was kind of a poor excuse to get her into the kitchen because it just she wasn't dressed significantly different to, than them as far as like no. the your attire matching the situation, at least. 
I wonder if the best friend ended up staying on the show. Were they like gonna set up like him and Lisa getting together? That's I did get that same vibe because we'll talk yeah. about his character in a second. We're about to meet him soon, but so now Fran walks in, and don't mind me. I just need some ice, and he says you can chip some off my wife's mood. It's like, well, that's not gonna make things any, any better. <laughs> he he's constantly poking the bear, which I I kind of yeah. you know he doesn't back down. But can anybody here say they've never, ever said something like that in the situation? The kind of comment oh, yeah. like Oh, that, for sure, yeah. yeah. That's, you know that's how I am in general. immediately after yeah. you say it, you're in trouble and you shouldn't have said it. But there's that little tinge where you're like, God, I can't, I can't God. help myself in those moments. <laughs> you know, it's, it's real tough. Unless, like, the person is showcasing that they are so mad that you're one comment away from, like, a complete breakdown. Which even then with me, I'll, I'll, I'll still 50-50 that. But, yeah. She, um, as he says that, she does what? Open the drawer and kind of whack him with the drawer a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's a little, it's a little playful, though. It's not like they're not at full catastrophic mode. Yet. And it's not playful. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not nuclear meltdown yet, right? Not like, yet. It's not. not it's building. It's escalating. But it is but building. It's, like... it's been like a slow yeah, yeah. build from the second, you know, Paul discovered Lisa was there. But now she's mad because there is no ice. And she asked Paul to do that. She says, the one thing I asked you to do, and I, I kept thinking, like, does that even check? Because originally the whole night was supposed to be them alone. And then up until the moment where people started showing up, they were together the whole day. So, Maybe like, when did he get Yeah, ice? they could have done all of Maybe that. Maybe she like, asked him to get ice to chill their champagne. Yeah, but, like, she was with him. She would have known if he left or not. <laughs> there wasn't, like, a moment where... She was also there when he was on the phone with, uh, what the hell? I can't remember this guy's name at all. Selby? Selby, Joe yeah. Selby. He was all, she was also there when he was on the phone with her, and he didn't ask her to get ice. Right. Him to get ice. So that's, that's his thing, though. He says you know, he, that he, he told Selby to too. get it, and then he runs out into the living room where Selby is. This is the first time we meet him. And he's having this like very uncomfortably close conversation with Mark. He's like hovering over him on the couch with a drink in his hand. And he's just like, how often do you cheat on Fran? <laughs> and Mark is so dear in headlights in this moment. He's like, what? Like, you shouldn't ask that. <laughs> I know. I love Richard how taken aback he was. That. Yeah. And, also, <laughs> just to, sorry, not to cut you off, but I was looking into Richard Kind because I was trying to see. He's been in a shitload of stuff. And I always like to compare numbers to Joe Pantoliano because Joe Pantoliano has also been in literally everything. Joey Pants. Who the yeah. fuck is that? You know him when you saw him. Just look him up. But he Joe Pantoliano has been in 153 things as an actor. Richard Kind has been in 260. Wow. The dude is like literally in every like, show. Yeah. Spin City's long standing, right? A lot of movies. Uh, he's in a bunch of Curb episodes. Oh. He's in stuff for like big he's a, a big voice actor and everything. That it's guy. just crazy how constantly this guy is working. You should have said Cypher from The Matrix. I could have said that. Or the guy from Memento. I, I feel like that's another big role. Or one of the cast members from The Sopranos or The Fugitive. As you guys are talking i had no idea who he's he the police was. chief in bad boys i was gonna things. say bad boys is oh. number one it Midnight literally run. just popped up and he's not in this episode so to go, <laughs> to, to go forward a little bit uh you know part of this uncomfortable conversation with uh selby and mark he also asked mark oh is your wife still with that transit cop like what dude what the fuck like do you have like no social etiquette at all you're asking like do you cheat on your wife and then in are asking about some dude that apparently she's cheating on him with. Yeah, it seemed really weird to because you also don't know their dynamic either. 
Yeah, like they don't. They're not close, right? Yeah, they just kind you of don't ex- get that. They just have a mutual friend. Yeah, you don't get that that they are close at all, or that they even know each other. So, or they yeah. must be acquaintances because they have a mutual friend. Does anybody ever but, drift in these scenarios where you think that like everything is one universe? Like he's like, oh, his wife, blah blah. blah. She's still the transit cop, and I'm like, oh, around the same time would have been money train. So maybe she used to be married. No, to not at all. No, Wesley that's not Snipes how my or if or, only. You know, and then that would make the guy who works at the train, Patton Oswalt, who is then best friends with Doug Heffernan from the crew. Like you can circle all this stuff around, right, guys? Right. <laughs> Uh, I don't, sure, sure. And Janice from and The Sopranos then, is also in Money Train, who uh, ends up dating Joe Pantoliano. Full circle. Oh, okay. So now it all makes sense. Now that yeah, you, there it is. That was the one link. Yeah, th- there it is. Now. Now Joe and his beautiful mind. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so Paul tells Selby uh, as he walks in the room, he's like, "I told you to get mm-hmm. ice, and you forgot it in the cab. In the cab." So now they walk in uh, to the kitchen together, and they're like mid-routine now. Because you're like, how could you forget ice in a cab? Who forgets and ice they, in a cab? I like, oh, well. going to say the same thing. <laughs> it's so sad. like, oh, well, the driver had a little cooler up front, so I had him put it in the cooler to keep it you know, from melting. And she says that they're the Abbott and Costello of liars. And uh, That's the first genuine no laugh I there. got. The Abbott Costello joke? Was the, <laughs> yes, that was the really? first genuine laugh. I love I so much the cross section here where Ferg goes, how, like, what a real. <laughs> Ferg makes fun of it for being a joke from the 40s, and Gordon's like, the only time I laughed was the 40s joke. <laughs> At the exact same time. That's so funny to me. <laughs> so I don't now, know. I just thought that was funny. So now we have Mark walking into uh, the kitchen because he was the only one left at this point. He's the only one in the living room. And he's like, oh, it looks like there's a party in here. Uh, and then Lisa's like, you know, it's, it's all typical banter. You know, why is it that everyone always congregates in the kitchen? And this is where it got incredibly uncomfortable because Paul replies with, because nobody wants to say, get out so I can fight with my spouse in private. <laughs> I was like, well, this is incredibly awkward. It's very direct. Yeah. Though. I, I appreciated it. I know it was that turn, though. I didn't see that from the It was show. like dark. It was like too dark for the scene. It was just a little out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Very yeah, direct. I feel the same way about this. This is one of those other scenes where I was like, as a kid, I didn't get it. But as an adult, I'm like, you can't go to anybody's house. They're having a party. They're doing anything. Everyone's in the kitchen always. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's 100% true. Like, that's I just such thought a thing the way... where you're like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that as a kid. But as an adult, you're like, you know oh, why yeah, it is, I though? want to be in the kitchen. And I'll tell you why I think it is. It's because at parties, people like to stand. And the kitchen is really the only room it's acceptable to just be standing in. Yeah, you, you know, the dining room there. has chairs. You want to sit. The living room has the couches. You want to sit. And it's weird if you're standing. So if people want to stand and have a conversation, the kitchen is the room that makes the most sense. What well, happens to is like, there. yeah, food, well, and alcohol, food and drinks in general are social too. And that's where they are. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Depending on how many people are there, like, let's think logistically, like there's six people that are at their house right now, you know, when you include the two mm. of them. So now how do you sit six people comfortably? Like, you have the couch and maybe a chair next to it. So now you have to drag up a couple folding chairs. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Like people kind of end up getting crowded just to all sit down. I was going to say, it depends on how many people are there as to how many people sit. I should have paid better attention, but I didn't get a good look at their like dining room table. Yeah. Well, there wasn't so, until like... they set up a table later. There was no point that they were all sitting 
like no. casually. You know, it wasn't until dinner and, itself. Until not the end, all you of them how sat big that there. Apartment is. You can't tell until the very end. At the very end, you're like, oh, that must be rent controlled because that apartment now would be. Oh like, yeah, it's it was definitely yeah. a sitcom. That is a million dollar at least yeah, apartment yeah. now. Oh, yeah. easily. But ninety two, probably not. Yeah, yeah. So after Paul's awkward statement. You know, Lisa and Selby kind of are picking up on what's going on. And they find excuses to just grab things and like bring them out. And Mark and Fran are a little more oblivious to to the situation. They're still there. So Paul hands Mark like those. What are the cut? What are they called? It's just like the the burner covers on what is oven it? Oven grates, yeah. Oven, oven grates, yeah. He hands him two oven grates, and he's like, "Here, bring these into the living room." <laughs> I like the response. It was like, "You'll know where these go." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's well, that's afterwards. That's that's when Fran then, because Fran walks over with a bag of peppers or something. I can't remember exactly what it was to help with dinner. They they ask her like flat out to step out for a second, and she still doesn't get what's going on, or doesn't like she's not reading the situation well enough because she asks if she can help. And Paul then grabs the other two and hands them to her and says, "Bring these to Mark. He'll know where these go." <laughs> so it's like in, in that moment. What planet is this woman from? That yeah, she's, that was yeah. She's not she's not catching on to any of this at this point. She's very naive. Like I was half expecting a line that she moved in from like the Midwest to be with us, like to be with them or something like that. But like she doesn't pick up on any social cues. Well, like, well, first it starts person. where he says what he says. A couple of them leave. Then they flat out tell her to leave. She doesn't leave. Then. <laughs> Then it becomes like the here, bring the bring these oven grates over to your husband, and she's like, oh, he'll know it. Like, so now you're just dumb, like, because she didn't play yeah. dumb up until then. Maybe she's playing dumb, and she's afraid yeah. that their fight's gonna escalate. And I think some of it. The black eye. I think there's just a couple of examples where it was like the the clothes thing with Lisa. They're just trying to get people in and out of the rooms at certain points, and they were maybe just a little lazy with the writing a couple of times of that stuff. It's weird to me because, again, in this situation, it's best to use everyone in the room, right? Where, like, if I was having a fight with my wife and any one of you were in the room. My wife. Uh, my wife. <laughs> I would look to any one of you and be like, this is bad. Can you just leave the room for a second? Like, I don't, there's no dancing around it needed. They're your yeah. friends and your family. You just go, like, or you give a look. I feel like she could have, no, Helen Hunt could have given her sister this a, look. A wide-eyed, like, look to a friend, like, the point is, is very universal. Is right. They're Everyone not picking knows. up. They're not picking up. We would all have yeah. also picked up on that. If That's you and cue, yeah. your wife are screaming at Which each other, the next like, scene okay. is very important to nobody picking up on cues. It would have been right. a way yeah. better plot point if they just staged the whole fight to get them all to leave so they could bang. Yeah, well, I like I like what comes up next, though, purpose. because- they're finally, yeah. they're finally like alone in the kitchen, and they're arguing a little bit more, and they're just, just all this frustration's built up to this point, and she's just like, "This is not how marriage is supposed to be," and he's like, "Says who?" And she thinks everyone, and he's like, "Well, everyone's wrong. This is what it is. This is it's just like this. This is marriage." And then she said, "Says who?" I'm like everyone, I asked around. <laughs> yeah, I like this. And he he always like, has an answer like that. That's yeah, one thing I like. and his delivery I really was really, Paul was really positive. Yeah, he was really good in this. The, he said, there's always going to be stuff. You, you know, I put up with your crap, and you're going to put up with my crap, and that's just marriage. And she's like, is that marriage? He's like, this is what I'm thinking. Like, this is basically from, from what I'm experiencing so far, that seems to be what marriage is. I mean, I don't think he's wrong. Yeah. What I love about I, this scene, though, is that it sort of breaks down the TV a to z of how these things usually are right like when she's like is this marriage and he's like i, I guess so because we're married and this yeah. is what's happening 
Right. It's not just a well on sitcom X, Y, and Z. It's how it always is. And you know what I think? This is our life now. I think a lot of shows in this moment, especially the more modern ones, would sneak in a really dumb joke, like right in that spot. This one, and Paul Reiser has a very like nonstop type style of comedy too. Like he's always like punching in jokes, but they did a good job there of knowing that that scene needed to just be regular. Like the did you didn't need to put that little button on it, which I thought was good right there. Yeah, they let it breathe really well there. The writing did. But then I, when he I, kisses her and she goes more, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, they eased it right down the hill perfectly into like a real relationship scenario. Yeah, because right before that, because well, first there was a, a re- like a strange line that comes up where, you know, it's like it, you know, if we keep this up, I'm gonna die. I'm either gonna burst into flames or I'm gonna strangle you. And I'm like, okay, that's so much passion. <laughs> Yeah, you know, one way or another, both very extreme. I don't think he's just going to combust. A, a, a little bit of an odd statement there, but... Oh, he's going to combust, all yeah. right. But yeah, this is where, leading into room what Joe room. just mentioned earlier, because it's like, what do you want? It's like, I just want to be married to you. What if this lasagna sucks? And he's like, well, what if it doesn't? And what if... And that's when he just like, enough. And he just grabs her and just goes in for a very hard direct kiss and pulls away. And I did, you know, you said it before, so he just goes more when he pulls away and i thought that delivery was just it was good it was it's it, real I, yeah it's insanely yeah. real like yeah, it's it was, so it was a good real. moment yeah they didn't try to cheese it or goof it up yeah and that's just you like know? what they i said earlier the there's just there's yeah. points in times where you have to you have to be confident in your comedy enough to know you don't have to tell a joke every four seconds it doesn't have to be joke 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 if the jokes within the episode are good you don't have to joke nonstop. You can have serious moments woven within it that carry the story and make it a little bit more believable. Yeah, it makes the jokes much better, right? You can't just have, like you said, it can't be boom, boom, boom. When you have seriousness or things that seem real, it makes the jokes seem more funny. So even when he's making Ottoman Empire jokes, yeah. <laughs> when it's followed up by the more, the more thing was the one thing that got me this whole episode where I like was kind of like socked in the stomach where I was like, oh, this just got like really real. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting it. Because after the more comment, that's when they just start full on making out at this point. And but then like, great. Hey, then go into a huge joke, right? It, yeah. It, the writing's really great here. Because then they're, yeah, because as they're kissing, it's like, well, there's people out there. And it's like, we got enough chips to keep them occupied. And then she transitions over to like that little island in the middle of the kitchen. And now it's like, oh, no, she's not looking to just kiss anymore. And that's when he's like, there's people out there. So she opens the door and tells everyone to not come to the kitchen for a while because there's going to be a big surprise and just runs back in, hops right on that island. I you forget. could say that they're baking a pie <laughs> in there. Sure. Oh. Take another lap there, bud. <laughs> this is pretty R-rated for yeah. this. Surprisingly yeah. R-rated. Yeah. 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 yeah, real R-rated in her long dress like, hey, what's up? But, and after that, so now we know what's about to happen in the kitchen. So we cut over back outside of the apartment Mark and Selby are talking and Mark's just like, just like, he's like a child. He's just very curious about the surprise. You know, uh, Selby's like, oh, he told me what it is, but I just can't tell you. It's like, oh, I know what the surprise is. I just can't tell you. He's like, who told you? Did Paul tell you? You know, so now we're going to cut back to the, to the kitchen and we, it's just the shot of the bottom half of the island that she was sitting on. And now it's, you know, it's shaking. So we know what's going on. You're getting the dialogue as you see the shaking. And it's, you know, does this make me a bad hostess? What if Fran walks in and, you know, he's saying, you know, Fran's the last image I need in my head right now. <laughs> and 
We get the, the uh, colander the... hitting the oven. I think was the funniest part of this. <laughs> one. Yeah. yeah, that really got me. So, uh, it, in, in this part of it, we have the um, box of wheat thins. I believe it was wheat thins fall to the ground. Uh, what a waste! Because I love wheat thins. Uh, I'm just glad they weren't cheese. It's. But uh, yeah, terrible waste for a delicious snack. And now, so Lisa's setting up the table. We we cut back outside, and it's her and Fran. And Fran's like, "Oh, it, you know, this kind of thing is actually more common because they're still reflecting on the fight." And she's like, "You know, you get worked up in these situations. It's stressful having people." And she talked about how she once cried over a gravy boat. And at this point, I don't know what's going on, but as they're talking, I I can't even pay attention. Because Selby's in the back just doing laps on a bicycle. Just circling. And he the falls over. Yeah, right. And I'm like, what? what's going on? Like, it's just this, like, low-key thing that's happening that it's not addressed at first. But, yeah, eventually we get to the point where you see him fall to the ground. But... Imagine having an apartment so big in New Thank York you. City that you can just ride your bicycle around it. Like, that's I've how, seen apartments in New York City it. that you couldn't fit a bicycle in. <laughs> and this guy's yeah, just know, right? riding it yeah. around. It was crazy. I think we all know people who live in New York who've had apartments where they had bicycles on the wall and you had to turn sideways to get through the hallway oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and not hit the bicycle. And this dude's doing fucking circles in it. Like, he's Dale Earnhardt. Gordo well, you, over there. you know like they were filming that scene and they were like just do something in the background and he looked up and saw a prop bike and he hopped on like he actually had the bike in hand um the scene before when he's talking to selby about the surprise so we we cut back to the kitchen again and now we we see the stove and it's just like there's just the, i thought this was a little corny the, the way they were doing it this time i thought the rocking of the island and seeing things fall kind of made sense but the things just being thrown onto the to the stove seemed like a it. little out of place. Like a so, shoe. <laughs> like So my my whole problem with this, right, is that you have a bunch of friends who are outside thinking that you and your wife are fighting inside I was of thinking a, the a same room, thing, by the way. And all of a sudden you hear shit being thrown around. You yeah. don't know if there's like some like serious domestic and then you're hearing I'm assuming some kind of moaning. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't think that they're hearing like you, you know what I mean? There could pro- potentially be a murder to... going on and, uh, and then room That's like, what I'm saying. Fran, could be... Fran should have thought they were fighting cuz she's te- like the innocent one. Yeah, right. exactly. Um but like I said if I me personally, that's what I would think is going on if yeah, if, well, if leading up to this situation, because you don't know that they made up, all you know is that they're fighting, and then you just hear shit being thrown around the room. I'd be busting right in there. So, well, he's busting right in there. Hey, yo. So, yeah, we cut back again now that everyone's sitting at the table with the exception of them. Paul's a and riser. At this, at this point, it sounds like, Helen you know, <laughs> Lisa and Selby seem to be I was aware of what's going it. on. More like, Sorry. oh boy, uh, oh boy. <laughs> I was gonna say how I'm con- I, I was thinking it too, and Joe did it. Oh, Joe said it all loud. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We get that out. So we get back into uh, the living room area where everyone's sitting waiting for dinner, and it, it seems clear at this point that to kind of go to what you're saying earlier, where they're hearing noises, I, it sounds like Selby and Lisa are aware of what's happening at this point. I think they heard enough to know that it's not a fight, and, but they but they know the what they are it, doing. Yeah. But Fran and Mark, they're just a more oblivious couple, right? So Fran's about to head in to see if everything's okay. 
but gets stopped by Lisa. So I think that's the confirmation that Lisa knows mm. what's happening at this point. And also, friends just thought that maybe they were making her a birthday cake. <laughs> like that's that's what all this commotion is. I always bang pans, and you know, yeah. there's always a loud commotion when I make a cake. Yeah, so now we, we cut back to the kitchen again, and the timer goes off. Like, they had, like, this egg timer going on, and uh, they're kissing, and it looks like, you know, the, the deed has been done. They've completed the task. You could say that the eggs were done. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? What the fuck does that Please elaborate, you know. <laughs> the eggs, you know, you. That's how. What the fuck do you mean, elaborate? They're done. <laughs> you fucking. You, you fertilize eggs, is how you make a baby. Your eggs are done. The timer went off. <laughs> Your eggs are done. That's not how. That's, you wouldn't no be one's like, ever said that ever. So, <laughs> even though, yes, technically, eggs, in a way, are a part of. The, uh, <laughs> I can't even that like, process. You you I'm wouldn't crying be crying, like, and I can't even do this. You wouldn't I, you wouldn't then be like, are your eggs done now? <laughs> like that's not how that happens. Hey baby, oh you made a pound cake. Like, <laughs> like egg your eggs are done. So so in any event, the the timer goes off, and then Paul comments about how usually like speed isn't like a good quality in uh, this activity, but. Uh, she also adds that this is the most fun they've ever had with Mark and Fran over. So, like, do they fucking hate these two people, by the way? Like, Apparently, yeah. Earlier. I get that. I mean, vibe. I just met them, and I hate them. And <laughs> the funny thing is, is if you were to really just put both sets of couples in a room, Paul and, uh, what's, fuck, um... Jamie. Amy? Jamie. Jamie. Uh, are easily the less likable couple. Um... Well, I, you get to see, you get to experience Paul have and more Jamie fun, more, obviously. I'd but probably like, have more fun hanging around with those two than I would with like Mark and Fran. I don't know. I think I just really want to hang out with Richard Kind. That's probably. That's I'm probably with you, but I want there. Paul Reiser there too. Like I wanted to be like yeah, girls hang out, and we're like the fellas will go to the bar. From there, we just cut to the you know the next scene is after it's the end of the night. You know we've skipped ahead. We skipped through dinner. You know what I'm curious about, not to cut you off, but. After all that, and they came in and said, we got a surprise, how did they come in empty-handed with no surprise? Well, we did, what I'm saying here is we flashed through all that, so it doesn't, we we don't, it's not that it's left unsaid, it's just we didn't see that part of the evening. So all of dinner was skipped by as far as the viewer goes. So we get to this new scene, it's, it's them, you know, everyone's getting ready to leave. So Fran and Mark are putting their jackets on, and Paul and Jamie now are clearly in much better spirits, so... There's a little bit of PDA going on. His arms are around her and stuff. And um, Mark starts talking about this cruise that they're going to go on and invites them to come. And he's like, oh, it'd be nice to have company. I thought this the way he worded it wasn't bad, so her reaction didn't fit yeah, I didn't, the, yeah, what was, was said. Because she was like, yeah. all, like offended as if he said it would be nice to have company, like as if he was going alone and wasn't including her. But that I forget the specific wording, but it wasn't set up that way. So it didn't read that way. In any event, she's upset. So now he's trying to like backpedal a little bit. You know, she's like, you know, you always get us into these things and tells them, uh, she tells the Jamie and Paul, like, no, we're going alone. But during that, there was this part where I, I like this because this goes back to the chemistry between Jamie and Paul or more specifically, you know, Paul and Helen, like the actual actors. 
they're go they're kind of like riffing off of Mark now because Mark's nervous because Fran's mad at the at the invite. He's like, oh, they probably can't make it on short notice anyways, and it was like, oh no, we can make it, we can clear our schedule. They're they're just very much now on the same page. So I, I thought that read really well with the two of them. Yeah. They just you know they were being able, they were able to joke together. The one thing I noticed too is they they were really like nervous. And like neither of them wanted to tell them, "Hey, don't come to dinner." Like we we want to have a night together. Yep. They they refused to cancel. She had no problem telling them they can't. Yeah, come. yeah, yeah. Right. The it same was thing. so quick. It, <laughs> which is a more normal. Uh, well, yeah. In that in that way, she's like, "You guys are not coming to this cruise." <laughs> like <laughs> like it is the two of us. And then as they're also getting ready to leave, we see um Lisa also is is taking off. And she wants. She's gonna take the subway. Fran was trying to like offer. I don't know if Fran offered them a ride. I said take a cab. No, yeah. she's she gonna said pay she's for put her taxi. on a cab. Yeah, yeah. So why not I think just you drive, the impression drive her like home a lot of these shows that like nobody has a car. Yeah, like it's New York, York. Midtown, yeah. or downtown, like you, Lower Manhattan. No one really can. Where are you gonna park your car? So everyone just kind of cabs. Yeah, or what subway. a terrible way to live, by the way. But uh, well, honestly, but, I I couldn't do it. Yeah. I think it's whatever you whatever you grew up being more used to, or you just whatever your situation is. That's not how we've had to live, so it's just less complicated. I mean, t- t- listen, Gordo and Joe, you guys have done a lot of commuting more so than like you know me, Nick, and Ferg. You know, we, we were driving everywhere all the time. You guys are taking trains constantly. I mean, yeah, I've been taking the bus and train for six years. Um, I, I am lucky though because I only have to do Blue Line. For five stops and that's it i'm done it's one train like, yeah yeah like yeah so i'm not really commuting in that sense there's people have to switch fucking three times and and take another bus after that every single day and oh, it's yeah. just more Does common that. especially in new york <clears throat> when i lived in winthrop and i was working in harvard square it was a bus three trains work yeah. and then reverse Rock. that and you just it, it drags on you were you blue yeah. green red yeah 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 I'll say this too, though. It, if you live in New York at, at that well, at any point, really, like, but where they where this show is set, if they had cars instead and weren't taking public transit, parking is such a nightmare yeah. that you would yeah. rather just deal with the subway. Parking is I mean, terrible. You have to switch what side of the street you're on at all times. You can't just leave a car parked like through the night. It's just too much of a headache. I, in a place I, like I, New York, though, where there's so much around, unless you're going someplace specific like work, you just walk everywhere. Because if you need to get groceries, you want to get dinner, you want to go to a bar, whatever, there's so much stuff around you. You can yeah, walk close to your house and do it without being on a train or a bus, right? It's just the specific places you're trying to get to work or you're going to a concert or you're going to a whatever, you know, that you have to yeah. actually get on the subway. But most of that stuff you just walk to. Well, I was That's why say... neighborhood bars and stuff and neighborhood restaurants always thrive, like you know, Archie Bunker going to his neighborhood bar in 1972, right? It's because... That's the type of neighborhood everyone lived in there. Yeah, and I mean, New York is set up that way, whereas I feel like where we live in Boston, it's not set up that way. Unless you're in the main city, everything's spaced out. Where but even in the, I am in the main city. I am in the main city. I have one, uh, I, I do have a, a uh, supermarket near me, but it's, it's a smaller supermarket, so it doesn't have as much offerings as like right. a bigger one in the suburbs do so yeah but for that stuff you make a pilgrimage right like when i was living yeah, downtown exactly. last yeah up until last year or whatever there was a, a couple bars i liked near me i could walk to two grocery stores i could walk to two liquor stores i could walk to five convenience stores i could walk to you can do most of your week 
without getting yeah. on a train. Yeah, you can. Yeah. And in this case, actually, to go back, Lisa does not want the cab. She actually prefers the subway because she feels like that's how she might meet someone because she can't meet anyone on a cab. Pretender. You could meet yeah. a nice cab driver. Yeah, the cab driver could be charming. Yeah, you never know. That seems so, uh, to be a little shady thrown on the cab driver there. Yeah. So the door shuts now. You know, the, the couple's left alone. Uh, but they're not <laughs> because they, they turn over and Selby's on the floor. And this is actually, Ferg, is when you see the dog. Uh, Selby's laying on the floor, like, cuddled up with the dog watching television. Helen tries to be subtle, but um, he's not picking up on it. She's talking. She's like, oh, it's 11.15. He's like, all right, well, good night. <laughs> so she just heads over to bed. And then when she gets to her room, Paul's a little bit more direct. He's not aggressive with it, but he just basically throws the coat on him to be like, yeah, it's, it's time to go. Yeah. I love to his comment where he's like, how do they not know he's Superman? They're reporters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're making a little bit of small talk and uh, they walk into the door and he's telling them about his plans for like the next day. He has like a date lined up with someone. He's like, and she's got a sister. And it's like, you know, like the guy's wife's like in the next room over and you're trying to say, hey, come out with me. And like the, the, the set of sisters and like go on a double date. I still don't know yeah. at this point if he's like serious or that he's just like making poor jokes. I don't I know. I think he's just a bad actor. <laughs> I know. I, t- yeah. I think if you look at like his the your first interaction with him in the episode is him asking Mark about like if he cheats on yeah. his wife. So, you know, I don't. I think he's playing that, that he's like generic scummy guy like friend. Like that's kind of just the the role they have him put in. But yeah. yeah, they're going through the plans and he's like, I'm not interested in. You know, I think Helen calls him to bed at this point, and, you know, he's like, there was a comment made about it, and Paul basically saying, you know, one day you're going to like hearing things like that, and, and you're going to handle it the way I'm handling it, and pretty much just shuts the door on his face, like, not in an aggressive way, but just kind of be like, good night, and, you know, leaves him off into his world. Uh, ending off where we, we cut to uh, them just laying in bed now, and she's just Laying down, playing with his chest hair, like comments about how she likes chest hair. And she says, I think my sister knew, uh, referencing to them having sex in the kitchen earlier. And he says, I think Selby knew, too. She's like, how? He's like, well, because I told him. (laughs) And they have this little conversation there about, how do you not tell your friend when you do something like that? I love the line, too, when she's like, I love your chest hair. He's like, yeah, well, you've got pretty good, too, though. (laughs) <laughs> such a yeah. great, <laughs> yeah. great and kind of like, oh, wow, I didn't yeah. that joke. So at this point, she's not really worried that the magic's gone. And, you know, he says, you know, I'm afraid you might be, a, you know, running out of things to worry about. And, um, you know, they're still kissing and they exchange I love yous. And uh, she lays back next to him. And after about a moment of just being relaxed, she asked, are we having Thanksgiving this year with your parents or with mine? She, she just couldn't. Uh, she couldn't stay relaxed long enough and not, not worry about things, but he replies, but I think we're going to uh, just visit you in the uh, institution. <clears throat> and that's where, uh, that's the, the close of the episode. That was uh, the last uh, thing that happened. A good, great close. Start and end in the bed, which I really love when they bookend those episodes. Yeah, and, and the joke was uh, not too crazy. Holidays are an understandable thing. Whose yeah. parents are we going to? How stressful is this going to be? Like, it, they, perfect notes. Yeah. I mean, and, Joe, you're a man that loves Thanksgiving. I am. That's why I host it every year, and I solve that problem. It takes mm. us a week to set up. It's a very There's, long no, setup. No, longer yeah. than a week. I mean, he starts at Columbus Day, right? Well, yeah, I got a, the... I got a vacuum. I got a, a heat clean. 
And then I get lots of lots of turkeys and hams to cook. Got to get all the slush stains lots out. Lots of turkeys? How many turkeys do you cook? To be fair, I don't even need the turkey. I, just, I care about yeah. the ham. I don't know how many right. turkeys there are. I don't even need it. I don't want to get into a long tangent about Thanksgiving because, you know, we... <laughs> Save it for Thanksgiving. Here, but I will say, yeah. At, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Guys, keep listening. This is our. Uh, this episode starts in November. We just we just exited our four Halloween for October. So this is we're in November now. A few weeks later, towards the end of this month, we're we're gonna have a special uh, television show that we're gonna be covering for Thanksgiving specifically. So we'll get into our Thanksgiving routine. We'll go deep there. Yeah. Yeah. We, so, yeah. so 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 I'll, I will cut that off there. It's like so, Paul Reiser um, went deep. What uh? Any comments on the ass. show uh, before we before we go ahead with the green lighting and cancel? Anything else you want to say about this show? Anything you guys want to get into? I'm good. Nope. I wish I had an ottoman. <laughs> so yeah. So the only thing that I wanted to bring up, other than you know, we've already covered at the top of the episode how you know it had one final season twenty years later where they brought the cast back, and the only other thing I really wanted to note about the show that I thought was kind of interesting was is actually the show has been adapted in um, other countries. So, um, like, I think in 2004, we had a, a Chilean version. Uh, Argentina had a version that came up in 2016. In 1997, there was a British adaptation. And in 2016, there was a Chinese adaptation. So, kind of like a weird, like, you hear about things like that. I always, I always go back to The Office, but, like, it's very known that there's, like, versions of The Office in many yeah. different countries. It it's weird how common it is. Like it's yeah. something I learned from doing this show. How like yeah. almost how every show has adapted, a foreign yeah. version. But it's just yeah. kind of interesting to me to think that like Mad About You is a show that gets brought over, you know, to multiple other countries. This it's, show was very popular. Yeah, but here's the like, thing about a show like this because so um like Paul Rise is one of the creators of the show. And I was thinking about this before because essentially your pitch when you're Paul Reiser and you're pitching the show to the networks, it's basically just based around your style of comedy because right. when you're pitching, yeah, I'm a newlywed and it's me and my wife, like that's a million shows. Yeah. So right. the only thing yeah. that differentiates them is like the comedy styling of the lead actor in this, you know, is what really is what's going to drive them to purchase this show. So when you're just taking a show like that and like, we're going to make a mad about you in Argentina, does how does that read even remotely similar if the actor isn't being a Paul Rise? You know what I mean? It's <clears throat> I guess the the basic premise is the same, but the now did the Argentina one get seven seasons? I, that stuff I didn't look into, but but that I'll could be say, the answer to your question. Maybe it didn't work. Another yeah. actually, I do have information season, on it. Like, um, they they got a second season, but it was scrapped later on. But okay. I would just imagine that. When you take a show like this and you adapt it for another country, essentially it's just a show about a couple. So without Paul Reiser being in it or something like that, how does it still feel about like? Yeah, it, it still sucks. feel yeah. like that I mean, there's you? not one of those shows is even close to being as good as its American or whatever origin it was counterpart. Like yeah. it's just because the whole thing trying to make the, the money actor. and yeah. it's just like Bollywood almost garbage. It's I mean, the, the only example I can think of of the foreign show being more the successful office. is The Office. Yeah. And that yeah. was our version. And that's <laughs> rare. That's very rare that happens. Right. And I couldn't even tell you i don't really know what's happening the, the various other versions of that show from around the world i couldn't tell you what i wonder though i wonder if there are people like us in different countries like in 
Argentina or whatever, where they're just like, ugh, the American version of Mad About You was not funny. Yeah. But ours I, is so I much better. I keep trying to watch like, it. I just can't get office. through it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, we all appreciate and respect the English, the UK office, but we are right. such nerds about the American one. But yeah, so let's just get into the green light and cancels. Um, I'm going to go in the order. I see you in. So, Gordo, let's start with you. Uh, cancel. I didn't like the show when it was on um, for obvious reasons. I was a kid. Um, I didn't really like the show when I watched it. Just something about it just didn't didn't do it for me. Um, you know, it just wasn't. It 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 was funny, but it it didn't make me laugh a lot. And I think that. Anything Sands yeah. and Abbott and Costello joke. Yeah, the, I mean, seriously, that was the only time that I laughed at that. Um, you know, and that can't be the, the only thing that I laugh at. So it's got to cancel for me. You know, too many couples, too many couples. Joe. Oh, sorry, I didn't see me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so when I... When we were tasked with doing this show, I was like bummed out about it. You know what I mean? I was like, I don't want to watch this show. I hated this as a kid, blah, blah, blah. Kelsey usually watches shows with me. She was like, mad about you. No, thanks. I'm going to do something else. I watched this. Afterwards, I went up to her. I was like, we're going to watch the show, I think. She was like, there's no way. And I told her about like the more scene and like all the stuff that was happening. And she was like, oh, shit. And like maybe it's because I am 35 and married, and a lot of this now is just sort of like it. I guess it does resonate for as little as as I have in common with their lives, you know, 1982 New York filmmakers or whatever. A lot of it really resonated, and I laughed a lot at this. I never thought I would enjoy, and I love Paul Reiser. I never thought I would enjoy this show. I really did, and uh, it's a pass for me. It's green light. Nick. Uh, I'm kind of with Joe on this where I, I really didn't enjoy this show. I mean, I remember seeing it and I was never thrilled to have it be on the TV. And I was um, curious to see how it translated nowadays as we are older. And I agree. I do think it was more entertaining now. Um, yeah, like Joe said, I, I, they live different lifestyles than I would. But they're, you know, the same issues can come up uh, with us and them. Um I had fun watching it. I I like the the rest of the cast. Um, you know, Richard Kind's always a home run, and I uh, I I do want to see more. I didn't know where this one was gonna go with me. Like I was right down the middle before I watched it, and I watched it. And I do have to. I have to I'm gonna green light it. So it's your choice, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Ferg. Uh, watching this show made me wish that the F five got Helen Hunt and Twister. And yeah, <laughs> easiest cancel we've ever had. Um, I hated every second of this show. Every second. Um, easiest I was cancel. bored. Uh, I, I didn't think any character was likable aside from Paul Reiser. And yeah, I just, to compare it to Seinfeld, so they both felt like shows about nothing, but Seinfeld was in a fun way. This was in a boring ass way where it's like, I don't want to watch a couple fight for a half hour during an awkward situation, like dinner. That's just me, but um, yeah, cancel. All right, well, it's on to me. And before so I even get into it, the tiebreaker to yes, yeah. uh, first to comment on what Ferg, you, what you just said. 
to bring it up again, I think it should be noted that one of the most popular episodes of The Office was the dinner party, which is a very awkward, uncomfortable dinner where the couple was fighting. One of the best very different, of all time. very different, but um, so yeah, so yeah, we're two to two right now, so I guess it's on to me. And you know what? I'm gonna actually go ahead and side with Joe and Nick. I when Nick, when you first suggested that we do this episode, I'm just like Joe. I was like, oh, I did that myself. What? I didn't. I wasn't yeah. like, oh, I love the show. I just kind of wanted right, to do right, it. Right. Yeah, and and I went into it like, okay, like I. Like I said before, I remembered nothing about this show. I just remember its existence, you know, and having seen it, but nothing stuck. And, you know, again, like what Joe was saying, I just think we're older and you just resonate different with these characters and the situation seemed realistic enough. I don't think it was a perfect show by any means. There are things I would change. I thought, it, like I said, a couple writing things seemed a little lazy to me. I didn't really like the Selby character at all. I thought he was too generic. I don't think he did anything that was that funny. Um, but in general, I liked it. And whenever I think a show sticks with you, it's relatable like that. Um, I, I did want to keep watching and had I not been taking my notes by like right up until the moment we had to record this episode, I probably would have snuck a little bit of episode two in. So that's it guys. Um, three yeses out of five. So you do pass Matt about you. Congratulations. You live on to see another day. You've made it to episode two with us. So I want to just remind everyone once again, go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to our social media, every link to where you can listen to us, rate, review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. It means a lot to us. Spread the word. Let people know that we exist. That's all the time we have today. Real quick before we close out, though, because it was mentioned, I do want to mention how attractive Helen Hunt looked in Twister. But moving on, that's it for today. See you guys next week. Goodbye. I think we got the best Richard kind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did.